0: I found myself looking down at my body, which was very tiny, and but I also became aware of more information at the same time, so it, wasn't, it was very cognitive, and I also became aware more of other people in the room, non-physical, and um, my inner senses, psychic senses, whatever you want to call them, out-of-body experiences, psychic experiences, talking to what I thought were dead people at the time, who obviously aren't dead because we're all immortal... Mm-hmm.
1: Welcome to Soul Sisters Get Real, the show that goes deep in who we really are and why we are really here.
2: We're your hosts, Karen from the States
1: and Eleni from Australia.
2: We've had heartfelt conversations as Soul Sisters for years and we're ready to share our truths, stories and life lessons with you and to inspire you to connect to your truest essence,
1: which resides deep within your soul. There'll be tears, there'll be laughter, and there'll be no
2: holding back. So sit back, relax, and let's get real about the things that truly matter.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Soul Sisters Get Real. In today's episode, we are talking about the four stages of spiritual expansion. And our guest today is David Marshall. He's from the United Kingdom. He has a very interesting story. In 1970, when he was three years old, he found himself looking down at a small body, which was his body, and immediately realizing that this was not him. And in that heightened state of consciousness, he understood his immortality, and this has stayed with him for the last 53 years, and with daily spiritual experiences and practices and writing four books, he's still exploring the nature of his very being, and we're so excited about asking David lots of questions. Welcome, David.
0: All right. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah, great to be here.
1: So that's very exciting that um, you're delving into the spiritual realm of immortality and what does it all mean. But for today's session, we're talking about the four stages of spiritual expansion. But before we get yeah. there, could you just take us back? Because that is such an interesting story, so we can't just bypass it. So when you were at the age of three, that's an incredible insight to have as a three-year-old. Can you talk us through that?
0: Yeah, sure. Um yeah, so so essentially, I found myself kind of you know it was a very wintry evening in the UK near London. Um, found myself, I had a, a, a sense of kind of expansion. I found myself looking down at my body, which was very tiny. You could see it breathing and all that kind of stuff. Um, and but I also became aware of more information at the same time. So it wasn't. It was very cognitive, um, and I also became aware more of even more information um about uh, my identity i became aware of other people in the room non-physical uh people in the room one of which is helen my guide and friend who's been with me free life and all through this life and um and i never kind of really returned to be honest i mean that lasted about an hour something like that and um my inner senses psychic senses whatever you want to call them kind of really engaged in that and that so I've, I've never really returned from that. And that, that sparked off a whole bunch of other experiences at that very young age, um, out-of-body experiences, psychic experiences, talking to what I thought were dead people at the time who obviously aren't dead because we're all immortal and all that kind of stuff. So that just carried on through school, constantly. So
1: when you say it carried on, were your family open to these sort of experiences? Did they support you?
0: I never really told anyone. I just thought everybody could, would walk in a room and see, and, ex, and see, experience other things happening. Um, so it, it never occurred to me at all. Um, a few of the experiences were a bit uh, extreme in terms of, um, of experiences, of out-of-body experiences, and also being in my body, but being a huge a different kind of size, so that how my body was orientated energetically changed very quickly. Um, but it was a bit weird. Um, but I just I just kind of carried on. My brother is very aware of a lot of this stuff, but he's gone the other way. Yeah, he's a corporate guy. We've had lots of experiences together, but he's like, no, I'm, I'm not interested. It freaks me out too much. So, but my dad was a healer. I have, I found, found out after he died, which is about 30 years ago. Um, my mum attended My attended lots of healing sessions. So my face change, she would experience uh, energy in the room. So it was it's good fun all good stuff. Yeah. So it was cool.
2: It's so cool, Dave. Thank you for being here with us. And what I find fascinating is that at three years old, you were aware of this and you have gone through many different stages yourself. That's what I'm learning is, you know, you had like a healing center and you're also in business and a digital marketer and you're a channeler and it's, it's part of your life. And yet you're learning how to go through the different stages and mix and match what works for you at the time.
0: Yeah, I don't. Yes, I mean, uh, self, spiritual awakening and self awakening, whatever you want to call it, is you know it's a bit like summer madness. You know, it can blow your brain, and you can you know, have this huge sense of wonder. You know, and people, relationships, change jobs, move at the other time. You know, they do all that kind of stuff. Um, for me, it was very, for me also, it was three, so I didn't <laughs> any kind of children. But I also immediately became aware of Aaron, who started teaching me in dreams. So I've got really fond memories. Of uh, my um, friend guide, uh, teaching me dreams about how to use consciousness and energy, and about this being a state of consciousness. So I just kind of had all this going on, really. Um, but of course, I'm not. I'm not immune to the idea of having to earn money, and I have three kids and and all that. Do you know what I mean? I still have to. I have to work within a, within an environment that, to be honest, is much more alien to me than outside. I'm much happier. It's much easier outside of your physical body than it is in. It's almost yeah. like kind of being stuck in jelly here. It's very what, slow.
2: It is, right. And what just yeah. came up for me, as you were talking about, Aaron, is my son, Josh, who's now in heaven, um, yeah. had passed away about three years ago. He would always he would talk about when he was about three years old. So this is so fascinating to me. He always had my guy with him. And my right. guy was his buddy. And we literally had to keep a spot at the dinner table for him or he would get angry yeah, yeah. So he would say, that is for my guy. No one can sit there. And I find that so fascinating because I've also heard now that he was very spiritual. And we didn't talk about it a whole lot at the time. But it makes me think that, you know, there are more people that are just not aware.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I can, if you don't mind me saying, I can feel Josh around now very strongly. I can feel a lot of energy coming in. So that's that's very nice. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, if you think of, of what spiritual awakening, and which is just the development of different senses, you know, so when we're young, we haven't been, you know, we haven't been trained to not trust our inner senses. And so, of course, we experience reality completely differently, um, you know, yeah. and, and then we get trained out of it, and then we start to move back into it, if that's our purpose and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's uh, my daughter had um, – John was her friend, and um and lots of people have invisible friends. And of course, it's you know uh, the more we explore uh, the illusion of reality, the more you realise it's uh, well so, of course,
1: of course so David, yeah. because you, you just said something really important. I just don't, I don't want to skip past it. You said that you can feel Josh. How do you actually feel Josh, and how do you know it's Josh?
0: Well, I can I. It's a bit like when you uh, when you see somebody. So um, so for instance, can, I know what Karen looks like. I know what her voice is. So and that's that's energetic. Okay, so I'm, I know know what you look like, all that kind of stuff. With I can feel the connection to Karen, but also when when we talked before, Karen kind of not on a podcast, then he was around then, and I kind of felt that. So everyone's got a different. I don't like to vibration, but tone they've got a bit, a different tone. Um, and it's rec- As soon as you feel it once and you know who it is, it, it's recognizable. I can still I still don't know what my, I still know what my dad feels like 30 years later. He has a, a different tone. Um, just like he looked different to Karen. If I saw them in the street, I'd say they're different. There's different tone. So it's just the inner sense is refining really. So.
2: Okay. I love how you describe that because I've often wondered when I feel Josh or I'm getting messages from
0: Josh,
2: how do do I know it's him? And yet I know, but I wasn't, I didn't know how to describe that in words and terms. So thank you. Yeah. 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 I mean,
0: it's, I mean, as one develops, one has to kind of really recognize there's two sets of senses. There's the inner senses and the outer senses. And we're very used to the outer senses, the five senses, but, um, but cognitive comes through inner senses, cognition comes through inner senses and, memory comes through the intellect so they're two different operate you know the two operating two different operating systems
1: awesome we're going to be talking about your guide in another episode and you're also going to be channeling for us in another episode but today you're going to be taking us the through the four stages of spiritual expansion it's been an epic journey from my perspective like what a ride so can we start with stage number one what's stage number one david
0: Okay. Um, I've got some notes here. I'm just going to look down and make sure I color everything in uh, the way that I want to. Um, I mean, the, the the first one is kind of you could call awakening. awakening. Um, I'm very hot on kind of language. Maybe it's my NLP or hypnosis training. Um, but um, but we'll call it awakening. But we'll also add the term initial awakening because mm-hmm. a lot of people will have will kind of, the inner senses will get uh, a bit of a kick from the inner self, the soul, the consciousness, whatever you want to think about it. And, and that first process is where we begin to think about, oh, you know, there's more there's more here than meets the eye. OK, so that's the initial awakening. The challenge with that area is that it can be profound. You know, somebody who somebody who's completely one way can have an awakening and end up dropping everything in their life and going completely the other way and feel as though they're awakened and head off in a in a direction that ends up not being. That healthy um and also would that would, they would not naturally kind of go in so the awakening that kind of area there one has to be careful i mean it's kind of like when summer comes everyone goes a bit bonkers and gets their shorts off and rips their tops off and they go out it's actually not that warm and they'll go and get a cold or something you know A spiritual awakening is a bit like summer madness common sense goes out the door Everyone just say, "I just got to love everybody, man. Just got to love everybody," which, of course, is impossible and nonsensical because we don't know everybody, you know. So, so we kind of enter this rarefied field of spirituality, and because to take it all the way, because we're still learning about it, we don't know where the starting point is that much. So we end up doing this, you know, in that area, and and often throwing away the baby with the bathwater. throwing away physical reality because we don't think it's spiritual and all that as you get a bit more sophisticated and mature in this you realize that that's that's actually not the case you know there's no difference between the two you know interesting
1: to say that in terms of like it's not the best thing to do because i actually did that so when i had my big spiritual awakening i'm one of those people i'm one of those people that goes right everything is different my whole life has changed and I did change absolutely everything but I don't regret it I'm really happy that I changed everything so what was wrong with me doing that because you said that's not the best yeah
0: yeah 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 of course so so what 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 I'm so as we kind of go through the kind of stages of development then but the the key for me is as as much as I'm woo-woo and I love to have trees and, and all that kind of stuff I'm also innately skeptical um and i you know um and i i really like to use my conscious mind to systems which is why i like the marketing stuff i like puzzles basically you know and this is another puzzle but so there's nothing wrong with it but in my experience of so i had the spiritual center for a number of years i think probably taught about five thousand people healing and psychic awareness so I've kind of been through a lot of people which is for a lot of people it throws them out to such a degree it's difficult for them to find their footing again Mm. And and for some people it's great. They they love to be in that that space where they don't mind. Do you know what I mean? But but often often the change is so radical for people, yes. they throw it all away. And um and it's unnecessary. I, I get it, because of course I've done it. You know, we've all done it to a degree. But I think as we for me as uh as we look at a kind of a, a maturing process in spiritual development. I would say that it's not necessary. It's an emotional reaction. I totally get it. But as I would like as spiritual awakening, I tend to just get people to breathe. Say, oh my God, I'm not physical. I'm a God. I'm spiritual. I'm in kind of, yeah, okay. And, and how about we breathe? And I'm going to leave my partner because they're not spiritual and, they, and I can't. And they kind of, okay, how I about can. we breathe? You know, how about we breathe and realize that as you develop more, you will realize that your partner's part of your process. And also has stuff to learn and therefore mm-hmm. you don't have to throw it all away you, you, you know so so yes of course there will be people that go and do the Camino way for seven years and, and come back um, but often they've learned not much more than it's a long way mm-hmm. do you know what I mean and they've always got to come back to some, so so that's what I would say the first level is it's lovely and it's wondrous but it's also if one can understand that the other state that we're going to go through it can be a bit more Refined, I would say.
1: Okay, awesome. Thank you. Okay, so let's go to the next
0: stage. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so so I would say the first stage is kind of the initial awakening. I think I just say about that first one is I think in hundred years time we will be aware of that initiate initial awakening and be able to handle it much differently than we do now. Mm -hmm. As we handle it differently, maybe you know time's gone by you know when we thought it was a religious awakening do you know what i mean so i think there are developed developments in our own Actually, kind before of
1: before we go to the second stage david for those yeah. people that are listening and haven't even they're thinking well what are you talking about some big awakening like what are the kinds of things that awaken people how do they step into this first stage
0: Yeah. So, I mean, it's different for everybody. Some people have a very dramatic kind of awakening. Uh, There'll be a dramatic event in their life and they'll go, oh, life's not going to be this way. And they do that and that then engages their belief system because we create our own experience. And they start to have different dreams. They start to bump into people. Somebody gives them a book, Mm -hmm. that, that type of thing. That's a very obvious kind of awakening. For some people, it's a bit like an elastic band. They've been kind of waiting for this intuitively for some time, almost fighting against it often. So, no. so their internalistic band is quite stretched. And therefore, when it happens, it's like, man, you know, it's uh, it's a wondrous, amazing, life-changing experience um, for many. And for some, not so much, sometimes they go, what am I doing here? Oh, my God, it's really depressing. My life shouldn't be like this. So it's different for everybody. But fundamentally, I would say, in very grounded terms, their inner senses are beginning to get engaged with their personality with their consciousness and they're starting to gain other information which becomes more conscious and because we create our own reality they'll invite somebody to give them a book or a lesson they'll go online and and it will just kind of build okay. from there
1: yes and of course and the pandemic seen- was something that a lot of people hooked into and there was a mass awakening with a pandemic and so that was something that happened at a, on a global scale
0: sure yeah i mean i mean fundamentally there's only one of us here so everything's going to be global um and of course reality doesn't exist in that way in the truest sense you know but but yes there will be mass events and individual events as part of this kind of growth of consciousness though so karen were you going to say something
2: i was going to say that it's interesting because mine was obviously when my son passed away and sure. my big question was is where did he go and I have a massive sense that he can't just disappear. Like that soul, that spirit, that whatever it is, his essence can't just disappear. And then for me after that, it wasn't this massive, like throw everything else away. It was very gradual as I started to learn and develop. And so it is different for all of us.
0: It's totally different. Yeah. And, And often it depends from your starting point you know of where you're at of of where your life is and where you feel and that type of thing so and it's a bit like an elastic band it gets stretched and kind of you know breaks and some people ping off and and other people just go whoa this is like my brother well this is too much you know i'm gonna not deal with this but i mean in terms of your son your son hasn't gone anywhere which is why you can still feel him you know it's just that your senses aren't attuned to experience him as directly as your five senses so uh he's still here as we all are you know um it's just our senses change. So that would be my take on on that yeah should we move into number two let's go and, and, and you know please challenge <laughs> you know it's just based on my experience you know happy to do that so so the next one is kind of i would say expansion within local rules and this is where most most people this is where the rubber hits the road as it were um, and this is where a lot of people are a lot of people will stay here for a long time and that's when you begin to kind of so you woke up your inner senses are engaged and people are giving you books and you're kind of intuitively noticing you're feeling different and and you're kind of engaged with the process but you're still playing by local rules of time and space you're still playing by local rules of up and down you're still playing by local rules that you think chakras exist because somebody many years ago said they did or that it matters where you put the needle in acupuncture because Somebody did it many, so it was, so they're still playing by all these local rules of time and space. And what's happening is most people will bumble around that area for a very long time, sometimes not so on, and their development, their expansion is limited. So for example, so when I started the, the healing center down the road 20, how many years ago? Nearly 30 years ago, whatever. There was a publication called Kinder is Spirit. And I bought the first publication of it when we started. And if I were to go down there by kindred spirit again, it really wouldn't be that different. People would probably put quantum on the front of most things, but it really wouldn't be that much different. And that's because most people are bumping up against their limiting ideas of time and space. And they're kind of orbiting that, if mm-hmm. you like. And until you can't... Con- get above outside of that, you'll continue to play by local rules. And spiritual examples, if I give you a couple, are things like past lives. So do we do we have multiple lives? Yes, of course we do. Um are they past and future are they past lives? No, they're not because time is part of the illusion of this reality. So you press into the nature of time firmly, smack it about a bit, realize that it's not real. And therefore, if one's gonna explore other lives, Exploring it in local rules means you go, think about a time-based system where somebody dies, they go up to heaven, they come back down, probably karma's thrown in there a little bit also, you know, all these all these beliefs that come into play. But actually, an expanded view of that is that time is simultaneous. And therefore, karma does not exist. Past lives do not exist. Um, consciousness is not limited in that way. And therefore, that, what that gives you is the freedom to develop in whole new ways. You know, ways that if you believe in time fundamentally in past lives, you'll simply bump up against that. And as we know, with in hypnosis and those types of things, you know, we create our beliefs, create the experience to some other degree. So it will all, that's the law of attraction. A lot of people within these local rules will talk about the law of attraction, but don't apply it to spiritual stuff like chakras or past lives or or crystals, that type of thing. So, what happens is we tend to just orbit around the same things and because we believe in time if something's old i know this is slightly radical and i do put this online sometimes when people ask me i do get some flack um but it's okay um that we'll explore these things like karma not existing because time doesn't exist for a lot of people who are orbiting that idea they want to believe in crime and punishment because they're good people and they believe that if you do something wrong you should pay the price it's all a multitude of beliefs but actually that's not true because Time is simultaneous. Events and time aren't the same thing. So that's an example of people who are within, they are expanded, but they're local. You know, it's a bit like going, yeah, go on, come on.
2: I was going to say, so it's fascinating to me because I did do a session with you and you were channeling, Aaron, (laughs) and talked a bit about a a future reality or a quantum reality of a woman in Gambia. and tapping into that energy. And it came up quite a bit. And yeah. when we were finished with our session, I was thinking to myself, how do I do that? Do I project myself into the future? How do I get into that energy? And it wasn't really sure. And then I was having a cranial sacral therapy this yeah, past lovely. weekend at the conference I was at. And I felt this light move through my body. And then I saw Josh leading me by the hand down a path. And it, it had like some gold speckles. And then he was leading me to a woman and she was a woman from Gambia. I could tell by, you know, the way she looked and how she was dressed. And I thought, oh, this is very interesting. And what I took from that is Josh is showing me, this is how you get there. Like, it's not that difficult.
0: <laughs> it's exactly, it's actually very simple. But when one is fighting with local rules, it's actually impossible. So if you believe in if you believe in time accessing a a, a simultaneous future life is almost impossible because you're fighting the belief and that's the basis of the law of attraction, which a lot of people love the idea of but don't apply across the board. But yes, yeah, you say. I mean, you know, it's just it's the development of the inner senses that you know, and then everything is open. It's, it the whole system is open? It's almost like having a flashlight and you're turning your consciousness this way into a light in a dark room and you see this experience and then you turn it that way and you gain that experience it's the light of your consciousness and your inner senses really tuning, tuning you into other realities other states of consciousness which you can do at the same time but you don't get the same depth of experience like you know like we're not floating on the planet in space right now and it looks like it and all that kind of stuff you know but our senses are so finely tuned it's almost impossible to argue kind of go oh you know you're crazy man you know but but you're not and you know you can prove that to yourself when when you want to
2: and it's so different than everything we've ever learned as humans and it is quite a concept to grasp so it it, is and that's what i wanted to ask you like can you give a an example of
1: how can we practically grasp this from a practical point of view? So that everything is happening at once, that all our lives are actually happening right here, right now. There is only now. And so how can we, from a day-to-day example, how can we actually embody that concept?
0: Sure, yeah. So I think um, and if we extend the concept a little bit more, Um, which people might find might find interesting and helpful so of course if every life is happening now then every pre life every period your consciousness exists in between lives in that sense also exists now every week you have ever lived physically exists now um and every day exists now
1: Mm -hmm.
0: so so because of that then it's not Other lives are really, you know, they're sexy and they're lovely, but they're really, they're really kind of glamour. It's just, it's just that's what we're into because we're so, but, but actually, the greater understanding is that all events are happening simultaneously. You know, there's a, there's a me that's not in this room that appears to be in this room. There's a you that's not doing this podcast, is off doing all Mm. multiple, multiple realities. And each one thinks it's the physical one. So you think you're the physical one here and the other ones are not. And the other one thinks that they're the physical one. And they go, oh, I had a dream about doing a podcast, but I don't do a podcast. What's that about? And the you know, that the room that you're in, you might get a sense. Oh, I felt somebody walking in, but actually it's you walking in to do the podcast that the other you is doing that's not physical. Fiz- do you know what I mean? It's like it just yeah. gets very really, you know, so so it's an expanded state. And the easiest way so by saying I want to let you know that it's that it's actually easy. That feels really mind-blowing. But so it's available to you at every second. And the easiest way to do it is the first one is in dreams. It's in mm-hmm. dreams, we're not focused through the intellect and therefore we're in a much more natural state. Um, well, time and space have no, no application whatsoever. So you can simply go to bed, ask yourself to learn the lesson. Mm-hmm. Put a little notepad beside your bed and say, okay, I'd really like to explore this. And because you're part of a gestalt of consciousness, that's you, it'll go, yeah, no worries. That's part of your development. Go, okay, awesome. And what a trick is to take a dream camera in with you, um, and a dream video camera. And I imagine I'm just kind of putting this, you know, an old style camera over my, rather than my iPhone, whatever. And I tell myself I want to record the most important lesson, the most important important feeling, the most important understanding, and I'm going to remember it when I wake up. Mm-hmm. So you know, and um, and if you play around with that, you can have some incredible experiences. And once you do that when in a waking state, it begins to um filter into your so once you do that in the dream state it begins to filter into your waking state so you'll have experiences here that seem to defy space, time and space also, you go, that's a bit weird um and it's because you've engaged your inner senses and because they meet at the subconscious, you're kind of beginning to combine them, so dreams is the first one, and then be open to it here and have a bit of a laugh with it don't take it too seriously, people are far too serious with this stuff, it's kind of clamps down so play
1: yeah dream dream
0: videoing it's great fun
1: yeah can I just add one more thing for those people listening uh because I think that's really really great advice is to set the intention before you go to sleep but also have a book and a pen to write in as soon as you wake up because what I find is that I think I'm going to remember but it doesn't take very long after I wake up
2: could be five, ten minutes, and it's completely gone. Sure. So yeah, exactly. the moment you open your eyes, just write it all down. Yeah, I was going to say, and I don't write it down because I know that will wake me up if it's in the middle of the night, but I do pick <laughs> up my phone and do voice record. Uh-huh.
0: Okay. Sure. The next yeah, morning, yeah.
2: sometimes I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's so crazy. I would have never remembered that.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and to other portions of yourself, this is the dream. Mm-hmm. You know, to, to other portions of yourself, yeah. they wake up going, God, I'm a fella, but I joked I was a woman living in America doing a <laughs> podcast about spirituality. It's like, what's going on, man? Do you know what I mean? So, so we all think we're the real one because our senses are so focused, but in fact, we're all we're, we're real, but none of it is physical.
1: Yes, this is the dream. This is the dream <laughs> happening right now.
0: It's all a dream. It's all a dream. You know, that that's, that's a key thing we get to is you realize none, none of it's physical. Mm-hmm. no matter what name you give it you know so and actually we're better off in our development to do that otherwise we think one's real one isn't real one's up one's down you know spirits up there and all those christian ideas we need to bring in all of those because that's just local territory it's a bit like me living in Hitchin here in the uk and just obeying the local rules and not realizing if i go two yards down the road there's another town and there's another town over there well, it's another the country over there with totally different rules and cultures and and rules and and then I'm, it's all accessible to me and that can be an interesting way to experience it, yeah.
1: Awesome. So now we hit stage number three.
0: Okay, yeah. So stage number three is – let me just make sure. Yeah, yeah. So stage number three, are kind of entitled Reorientation. So kind of, you've been through the awakening. You've either thrown the baby out or not. You've come back and gone, oh, psyche, you, I've still got to earn a living. Oh, you know, I've still got all this stuff to do with. Um, and then you go – a lot of people hitting these local rules; they never get outside the boundaries of them. Um, but through dreams, you can pop up and pop out of them, and that's really, I would say, is really important. You get into reorientation, and when you get into reorientation, you realise that you're not floating on a planet in space. You realise that this is a state of consciousness because you've gone outside of the local rules and you've looked back at it and gone. And this was the journey having this out of body experience when I was three. I've always grown up with this. There's no I've, you know, not I've not known anything else. Um which has allowed me to be I wouldn't say fearless in a macho way, fearless in a well, it's all it's all okay. So I'll go off and do all these types of things, you know what I mean? Um so we tend, so then we reorientate ourselves and go, okay. Um, what does the law of attraction really means? Well, it means that I create my own reality and I'm, and I'm a conscious creator, and it applies to everything. It applies to every conspiracy theory. It complies to every New Age belief, from chakras to crystals to you know, you've got to fiddle with your feet in order to feel well, or you know numerology, astrology. You create your. own. Know, these are local rules, which can give you an essence of something, but they can never take you outside they can never take you into new territory and um on what happens this is where i suppose you can call it a more of a rebirth where we really begin to know and experience time is simultaneous well that that's a mind blower experientially so you begin to have more of a conscious experience of that of your immortality pretty important um and it's your birthright to know that you know you're as dead now as you're ever going to be literally that's your birthright to know. Um, but you can't experience it within the local environment. You need to you need to go outside of it. You know, that, that's that's where that information is. And um and so from there you end up really experiencing reality in many different ways. So the idea that you have to be ill, you don't have to be ill, that illness can be cured, yes, of course. Um new age beliefs and new age beliefs, they're not true. Um, that we find our own reality in totality. Mm-hmm. there's nothing outside of it there's no subjective reality there's no objective reality yeah. and that is where most local rules will be dropped
2: mm-hmm.
0: so ideas of karma ideas of this and that would just just go well of course you know it operates in my local hometown my, my home station but it doesn't operate i don't need to i don't need to accept those rules anymore mm-hmm. so that's that rule orientation is uh yeah comes and goes but but that that's kind of eventually where so one experiences things
2: I'm curious if I let's say I have cancer and mm. I I feel like I am not getting better how do you yeah. explain that then in that terms to someone in a way that makes sense to them
0: Are we talking about somebody who uh well I told you about it. If somebody came to me for healing and they had mm-hmm. cancer the first thing I'd say is do you want to live and many people over the years say, you know, I'm really not sure that I do, actually. And i say, okay, let's have a cup of tea and a biscuit. Come back when you decide what you want. Right. Very English, but that's what we do. And um and then, <laughs> uh, a hobnob. And then we would and then other people say, Yeah, I want to live. I wanna live. You go, okay, cool. And then it's an educational process of going, Do you accept do you think your mind and body connected? Most people say yes if you say do you, do you accept the mind and body are or one organism there really is no mind and there really is no body there's just this idea construction that you regard as your body and you have those conversations with people until they go hey you know what yeah i i can realize that this cancer is part of my progression not conscious subconscious um and that i can begin to change my ideas change my beliefs change my relationship with whatever it is and and it has the potential to go. Um, it's not that difficult. I mean, in 1997, I was having those conversations with the people and they were going, you are off your head. Yeah. But they turned up at my door as a healer because they tried everything else. Mm-hmm. Or they'd have epilepsy or hepatitis C. Or, do you know what I mean? It was that type of thing. Nowadays, it's really not that difficult to have those conversations with people. But I work with them. everything from hepatitis to epilepsy whatever. I remember one, one guy, a lovely Welsh guy, big rugby player. Um, he came along when he had liver cancer. He came along when the body was far too deteriorated and he, he didn't have the internal strength to to kind of go through the process. So we ended up doing a lovely healing in which he died about half an hour later and he had classical music on and had big windows in his room and it was kind of just as the sun was going down. And, and yeah, so that was that experience. But all illness is curable. Cause we create all illness in a local station in, in our local ways, you know, sorry.
2: Yeah. I find that so fascinating because when we talk about cancer, you know, many times we thought about when you have a cancer, it's something emotional or it's the cancer of your being, or we talk about things being, that's a cancer, right. When it's not really cancer. And that is like, it's part of your experience and, and, and how you see life or the cancer around it. So that makes a lot of sense to me. And uh, it's getting people to really realize that, that we have, we do have the power to heal it. And uh, it's installed based on our reality.
0: Yeah, ex- exactly. And that can be very tricky for people, obviously. Um, so it's, a, man, you know, my, my, my son has special needs um, and I have a relationship in, uh, in other lives with him which I understand about what's happening here. My daughter, in terms of time, difficult talking about time and no time and the kind of stuff, but, uh, you know, was in a mental health hospital for five years trying to kill herself many times. And so, you know, knowing this stuff doesn't make you immune to it, but the rules are the rules, the rules are the same, you know, and, and I was able to end that experience with, uh, with Caitlin by using energy, the same with Oliver, you know, my other daughter I have as well. So the rules are the rules you create your own experience you create your own illness and because of that you can solve it we're not educated enough yet but Mm -hmm. we're kind of you know compared to 25 years ago we're a million miles away but but people still have a lot of people create their own illness quite consciously and, and a really lucky thing i have in myself is that i'm very cheeky and i'm very good at holding people to account so a lot of the healing I've done with people over the years is actually saying no, I actually don't believe you. Actually, so let's let's be honest, shall we? And uh, you know, and that's something that we don't often do because we're very caring, we're very lovely people, but often you know we're all lying to ourselves, you know, all the time. And often that will that will come through. And my daughter recently just said, you know what? I think I caused all my mental health problems. So I'm going, yes, you did um and that's interesting we brought it up and she said you know i think i was looking for attention to my son's special needs he had had a lot of attention when he was younger because he's special needs and she's the second one and she felt left out and as much you know that was unconscious to us you know we're dealing with this whatever and she she said yeah and i said well that's great that's cool so now you know you're not a victim now you know that you've Mm -hmm. got your own experience now you can go off and she's feeling now the most excited that she's felt in a long time you know what, so
1: what incredible insight she had for a young lady like oh yeah you no know, if we if we could all have insights like that about what we're causing in our own lives like that's absolutely inspirational to hear that she she actually connected the dots like that and went i caused this experience because of this reason yeah
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, my my kids have been brought up in a healing center. We lived above cool. it, and we were doing healing and all that kind of malarkey you know, and non physical. But their granddad was arriving after he died, and all that. so they're very used to this mm-hmm. kind of concept. But for to own for for us to own our stuff is very challenging. Yeah, yeah. just yeah. it, you know. True. So and that, and I suppose that's part of the that's what we start to do in in kind of when we expanded the framework into kind of the secondary will go okay yeah man we're pretty in reality because it's law of attraction and we get into all that but we don't really get into the nitty-gritty i think that takes quite a bit of will yeah. and attention and so we tend to skirt skirt along the surface of it and do what's what's fun and interesting and go and hugs, hug some trees and go back to our terrible relationships or you know go and go and do this and try and get more money in our pocket but actually we're miserable you know but it's okay because we're spiritual so it's okay that's what i meant you know i'm awakened and course, that's there's a lot of awakened miserable people <laughs> there's a lot of awakened very sick people and there's a lot of awakened miserable miserable people um who are this close to transforming everything if they would just drop into a little bit more responsibility and own the process of of their journey more i, I think so, we we're
1: talking about david if is, is discernment and alignment so that, you know, when we decide that, okay, this has happened, I've, I now realise this about my life, so now I need to be discerning in terms of the choices I made but I also need to be aligned so that if I am miserable in this area of my life, what isn't in alignment and what do I need to be discerning about so that it's all aligned in terms of what our path is. Is that what you're saying? Is that it, it can't just be a concept, it has to be embodied.
0: Well, I think um, I think I think I'm very lucky. Okay, so I had very direct spiritual experience from a very young age, and continue to, you know, over the years, I've been invited to do exorcisms and house clearings from evil spirits and all that kind of stuff. None of them were that. None of them were that. They were all self-created experiences by the people. So, so I'm very lucky in that I have a very safe experience mm-hmm. in in totality across the board. Um, However, I think the main thing is we have got to be even more discerning. So when you use the term aligned, I kind of get what you're saying, but I'm not really sure I really understand what you're saying. And I think, I think, and that's not nothing to do with you. It's just that we haven't discussed it. Right. You know, so, so I think from one side, that's why language is so important. Yeah. I was talking to a guy the other day and he said, look, I'm uh, he said, yeah, I'm spiritually awake, so I'm going to do some work with this guy. So, he's lovely, right? They say, well, okay, I'm spiritually awakening and I'm aligned with my purposes. So, okay, cool. What, what are your purposes? He said, I am going to transform the world. I'm going to get rid of all of the conspiracy theories. I'm going to take down the pedophiles that are running all the governments and all that kind of stuff. So, he is, he thinks he's aligned, but he doesn't realize that he's in his own experience.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, he's aligned with the wrong thing. And what he's going to do, he doesn't realize the extent that his own energy is creating the illusion of these conspiracy theories and all that kind of stuff. So I I kind of, I understand exactly what you say about alignment. For me, it's like aligned with what? Because a lot of people are aligned with their own victimhood, but they just don't know it. Yeah. Which is, which is what this guy is. So I I, I get, we get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Awesome. Okay. So that brings us to (laughs) number four. So can okay, we just get, get the headings for number one, two, and three before you tell us about number
0: yeah. four? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so so the first one I'd say is the initial awakening. So it's not like complete spiritual awakening. I am enlightened. Um, and uh, it's, it's the initial awakening of the inner senses. Yep. Get an inner poke to say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm not. there's more going on here. The second one is the expansion within local rules, which is where most people are. You know, they're in the local area. Uh, they're still butting up against the... Ideas supposedly been passed down for thousands of years—that's that's all part of the illusion. The third one is reorientation, where you drop all local rules, which is you know takes some time uh, to do within oneself. And then the fourth one, um, I would say, is—it's well, I've been told a whole new country. <laughs> um, it's not one that I'm able to stay in that long, frankly. Um, it's so a whole new country, I would say, is. About And I have stayed there, Um so with Aaron being Aaron fully aware of my physical self, my Aaron self, experiencing my inner senses at full flow, but it's very difficult to drive like that, right? It's very difficult to have children when you're in that zone, so I have experienced it in and out, I do experience it now, the kids aren't at home, I experience it more, but to, to stay in this, I think, is... Very, very challenging. Um, so so yeah, so it's really the conscious experience with your broader identity. So you identify as a multidimensional gestalt of consciousness, as a as aware eyes energy, as a personality, mm-hmm. basically non-human. None of us are human. That's you know, um, all the rules we like apply human to, you can stick them on the head and you'd be closer. So none of us are human, it's not a physical environment. So uh, level four, level four, kind of expansion for is when you're really having a conscious experience of that more often than not. And level five, I haven't, haven't even considered yet because, you know, I'm nowhere near any of that. You know, uh, <laughs> but, but with four, you've dropped all local rules. You've dropped everything. You are aware that you are experiential immortality. You are aware that um, your experience as a multidimensional being. You are Your inner senses are at play to experience other lives simultaneously, Whilst being present here at the same time, um, and you are then aware that you're consciously aware you're part of a broader identity mm-hmm. that goes, you know, beyond. So, um, so kind of when we start out, it's like starting out as a as one blade of grass in a field, and we, you know, we're waiting. Oh my God, I'm a blade of grass. I'm spiritual. And we think that's the that's our local identity, and then we realise, oh, there's lots of other people are the same, and then you realise it's just one tiny lawn, it's one slice of reality. The local rules don't really apply unless you want to apply them. And I don't, Mm. um, because they're very limiting. And then you realize that, oh, actually, I'm part of something far greater. And you're kind of looking at the lawn going, oh, yeah, you know, that type of thing. So I would say they're the levels. And it's all just information.
2: Yeah. When you're you're in that level, that's similar to when you're channeling Aaron, you're channeling a a, a, Yeah, I I
0: would. Yeah. Yeah it's it, it's some it's some somewhere like that but it's with you know you're up you're operating very i can and i can do it, it it's about uh you know like yoga they've got some stances they say you know if you put your put your knee on your head and your finger in your ear you're gonna your liver's gonna be amazing right so that's kind of like a but it's actually a psychic stance isn't it it's like a physical stance but it's you're really putting yourself mentally and emotionally saying if i do this this is going to happen and I feel it's a bit like that. This, it's a psychic internal stance that I have to take in order to operate on both frequencies at the same time. Um, and I can maintain it, but I can't maintain it
2: mm-hmm. for
0: that long and not disciplined enough. But I have to go and eat and take a bath and I like drinking Human. coffee. And-
1: so, David, <laughs> would you say that that fourth stage is like, you know, where you're feeling bliss? Were you just feeling like this pure energy of unconditional love? No. Okay. No,
0: I think I think that's part of our local station, that description. Um I'm not saying you cannot be blissful, um, but um my experience of it is that it's highly motivated. It's loving, but it's not debilitating in terms of so I have, you know, I have one life where um in have you heard of Paramanhansa Yogananda? Yes. Okay, so I've got a life in an ashram down the road from Paraman, Hansa, Yogananda. And um, in that life, which is, and it's lovely, um, in that life, the idea was to try and attain that level of, is it samadhi, kind of bliss and that and that type of thing. But people are doing that while they're still ill. No, they're doing that while they're still struggling. The, the key to that is that doing that, like meditating is not going to do anything for you. In fact, it might be, limiting you you know to try and achieve that bliss it's lovely but you'll still like walking in a camino it's a lovely thing to do but you'll still be the same person at the end of it you, know, you still have this unless you change your beliefs your direct spiritual experience outside the boundaries of physical reality then you're still in local rule one is still in local rules
1: why did you say that it will limit you david to be doing regular meditation
0: because it i'm generalizing um, but in my experience, if I were to ask 10 people what meditation is and what they do it for, they come up with 10 different ideas. And i I'd say, do you think it's any any good? No, I'm terrible at it. I'm good at it. I do it for this. And so therefore, what's at play is all the local rules of belief. Like what is meditation? In my experience, if, if one wants to relax, doing breathing exercises is awesome. Cool. Um, if one wants to expand one's self-awareness, then I would say the idea of self uh self-introspection with the right ideas, you'll get person will get much more out of. You know, that that has the capacity to take you slightly outside of physical reality. Meditation, because you're thinking, you're in your intellect, actually bundles you much more back into it. You get into right or wrongs and all that. So so I would say not. No, I'd say that's very local. It's local spiritual, it's local new age it's a great idea but fundamentally energetically you're piling in on yourself trying to do something and when one expands outside of the local environment you're not trying to do anything it's all blatantly obvious that that's all part of the local rules you know i mean physical reality is like a load of local customs we go hey we're going to agree that if we do this this happens and goes yeah amazing you know but it's not reality it's not it's not rock bed reality it's just local customs.
2: yeah so almost what i'm hearing for someone that is not sure if they're understanding that is it would be yeah. instead of sitting and meditating more taking a walk yeah. out in nature and just being and allowing whatever it is to come
0: yeah so I, so i think there's a certain prerequisites that, that that one would suggest so if somebody came to me and said well how do i do this i would say okay well, well drop everything stop reading all the books stop Meditating, stop doing everything. Um, go into your dreams and begin to initiate your experience there. Keep your notebook by your bed, all that kind of stuff. And I would say, because you create your own reality, you're capable of doing this. But you are going to filter all of your experiences through your beliefs. Okay. So I would invite them to find their tone in the universe, their note in the universe, and just initiate that and then just be open to the experience and what that does is that bypasses the intellect and it allows them to, to kind of connect with the the note of themselves that exists within and without of physical reality and they can kind of ride on that experience more and it's not limited by belief about things up and downs lefts and rights and that type of thing um and i would also say just just to add quickly um you know having done lots of psychic stuff over the years people say oh, you know can you see my guide or my helper and all that kind of stuff. And it's like well oh, yes, yeah, sure and it, but but what happens is it goes in cycles based on common belief so in 1997 everyone wanted a buddhist guide so they would say oh, i team seen a buddhist guide uh, 10 years later it was native american guide then it moves into an oriental guide. And I'm saying this not because we don't have guides, but it's, it's cultural based on our beliefs. You know, do you know what I mean? So whatever movies are coming on at the moment, people will identify go, oh, okay, yeah. It's all about Native American back to nature. Oh, it's all about being Buddhist. But it's none of it. It's all an illusion. It's all based on these these guys don't have form. And in fact, I don't have form either. I didn't really look like this. You know, You're making me look like this. Strangely enough, so I don't really have form, Um, but you know, at the minute, that's how we're protecting ourselves. So, what I'd say is that when people begin this process, they realize that they're not going to be intuitively right. You know, don't trust your intuition, Mm -hmm. don't, because you are because you are a child learning a whole new language. I don't mean that in a bad way, and therefore, do not trust it. Take some time to tune into your tone. Apply your common sense. We have common sense for a reason. You know, apply your intellect, but don't rely on your intellect. You know, rely on the feelings. And we've got inner senses and outer senses, and we need to rely on 80% inner senses, which transcend time and space. And the other 20%, 10% couch your bank balance. It lets me drive a car. It lets me do this. But it's not intelligence. It's just part of the feedback system. So... I would say that they're the transitions.
2: Yeah. So to wrap it up, what I heard is yeah. tapping into your dreams, pay attention to your dreams and then, and then yeah. learn your tone similar to what we started with when we talked about, you know, what is the tone? Like I said, there was a tone from Josh and interesting how you did that. So well, exactly. Tone, exactly. What exactly. In the beginning. And then you can start to experience things in a new way. In a spiritual. Exactly.
0: Way. And- Yeah, and that's a great example. So the the tone that the tone that that resonates that you sense is the same. That's the tone of his being interpreted by you, but you have one. So in in terms of time, there's a reality where somebody's channeling you, Karen. Somebody's channeling me. They're going, "I can feel this thing. She's called Karen. Gosh, she's so wise. She's amazing. You know, do you know what I mean? It's like it's it's all relevant, which you are, of course. Now, so it's all relevant, but it's all relevant to the to where you're putting your consciousness. So, you know, but that tone, that tone has motivation, love, power, strength, awareness, it's cognitive knowledge of your order nature without the local rules that the new age and spirituality has implanted, you know, so that's a great way to,
1: to put it. Wow. That's a lot of food for thought in this, in this podcast (laughs) episode. (laughs) So. There's a lot of concepts there, mind-bending concepts there. So before you go, David, we have this final question that we ask every single one of our guests, no matter what the topic is. So the question is, this podcast is called Soul Sisters Get Real. What does get real mean to you? This will be interesting. (laughs) (laughs) This will be interesting. What What does get real mean to you?
0: I suppose um, I suppose I could put it down to three things, if I may. The first one is challenge everything. Okay, you know, with loving honesty, kind of look at it and go, just because just because that guy's got a great big long beard and a coat, or says he's channeling Mahuna from the Lord of Atlantis or the Galactic Nature, or whatever. Can can I prove that? Can he? And if and if that's not true, just let it go. Then it's not it's not for you. Okay, so challenge everything, chakras, crystals, challenge it. Um the I mean, more challenging of getting real, don't read one book, read five.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And you'll find that they're all different. They're all true based on Wilver's belief, but they're all different. So that gives you an indication of what you can what you can do. The second one I'd say is um get real by recognizing that the law of attraction is is ultimate. I don't really like that term. But the law of attraction is complete. There's nothing outside of that. No conspiracy theory. No, you know you're not a victim in any way, shape, or form. You're a conscious creator. Mm-hmm. And another get wheel is uh, learn to love yourself.
1: Beautiful, beautiful. What a lovely way to end this podcast. Thank you so much, David. For you're everybody welcome. listening, we we've got the links down below in terms of how you can connect in with David. And yeah, uh, thank you so much. We made it happen: Australia, United States, the United Kingdom. So <laughs>
0: Ooh, awesome.
1: Yes, thank Thank you you very
0: much. Interesting. It's an interesting process. So thanks for inviting me. Yeah.
1: Thank you, David. Thanks for watching. We hope you loved it. And if you did, please
2: like this video and subscribe to the channel. And remember, always connect to your truest essence. And choose love. We'll see you next time.